make you do extra work. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And somebody asked if I was going to be as active as Hunter. This should give you some clue. <laughs> Not as young as I used to be. Not as strong as I used to be. But that comes with age, right? Get an amen for that? <laughs> Golly. Oh. Would you uh, just join me in prayer? Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, give us Jesus. Jesus, come amongst us, Lord. Just come amongst us. Be, be in each, be in each aisle, be in each seat, right next to us, Lord. Thank you for your amazing love for us. And we ask, Heavenly Father, that uh, in this time that we have together today, that you will bless us. Oh, Lord, we have, I don't know about anybody else, but I have so many questions. I find myself being angry. I'm angry at a, at a man-made pandemic. Lord, when... When will mankind learn that when they mess with creation, there is a price to pay? Lord, give us wisdom. Uh, Lord, thank you for the people who have come out today. Lord, keep us in your grace and mercy. And let us feel your presence with us, Lord. Thank you, Abba that we are not alone in the struggle to live for you. Thank you that you have given us one another as caring support for the journey we are on to honor and glorify you. Help us, we pray, to reach out to each other in times of need and to graciously respond with caring love. Lord, be with those who have lost loved ones. We do not understand, Lord, these were such wonderful people. But you have told us in your word, my way is not your way, nor are my thoughts your thoughts. But we do know, Lord, that you are. You are the sovereign Lord of the universe. For you have told us all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Thank you, Jesus. May we sense your presence with us and know that you have a future for us that will be revealed as we journey with you and trust in your goodness. Bless us today as we look and think together about biblical truths that have the potential to transform our lives for your honor and glory and our good. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I am Pastor Herb B, as in boy, Bowers. <laughs> I, Hunter said he was going to have fun with that uh, power thing. 
uh, yeah, powers for the man of the hour, all right? Anyway, um, there's no one quite like me. <laughs> for that matter, there's no one quite like you either, so <laughs> be careful what you say. Anyway, um, today we'll start a short journey together toward what I call church health. And hopefully a clearer understanding of what Jesus wants Brown Corners Church to be doing together in expanding his kingdom and bringing him glory. That is part of my passion for his church. I'm kind of a church health specialist. And the last two years I've been up, uh, up north in Grayling helping a small church up there kind of rethink why are we here? What are we to do? Um, and God was with us and God was with them and God is at work, my friends. A congregation with the average attendance of 30. 30. That's less than what's in this group. <laughs> we relocated we purchased a building and four and a half acres of land for $145,000. That congregation raised 50000 toward the down payment. And we had said and we had prayed, Lord, let us do something that's big enough that you have to be in it or it fails. And when it is a success, we know who did it. <laughs> Though God is still at work. I will undoubtedly do some things differently from what you're used to. But I hope you won't allow small changes to detract from what God is wanting to do in your life and mine as we serve him together in the months ahead. I had a plan all worked out. Uh, but God has a way of sometimes changing our plans. And Proverbs says, a man makes his plans, but God directs his path. <laughs> anyway, God changed the, the plan that I had because Ines and I got COVID. And I have to tell you, I'm, I'm, I am angry at COVID. And it is nasty stuff. And uh, so be careful, be cautious, but come and be with God's people. I'm still convinced we need each other more than ever. We need each other. Um, and Ines and I are very thankful for your many prayers. And I don't know where we would be without them. I really don't. But as we begin our journey together, I need to share a bit about me. In my 50 plus years of ministry, I have served in six different denominations. Some might say I never could find a place to land. <laughs> but I can tell you that what truly is important for any congregation is that when we are together, we represent Christ to the world as his body. In worship, we will focus our attention and our affections upon the triune God 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who loves us. We will place ourselves in his hands and thank him for seeing us through another week. In the uncertainty of our times, my friends, I believe God is pushing or pulling or kicking or whatever his church out into the world in new ways and asking all of us to make an impact upon those around us, all of us. Ministry doesn't belong to the clergy. Ministry belongs to the people of God. And that's you and me together. In short, we are to live lovingly as Jesus did while he walked among us. And the goal of every Christian is what? What's the goal of every Christian? Come on. It's not a test. It's just to see if you're still awake. To be like Jesus, right? We're to become more and more like Jesus. But if we're going to be like Jesus, we need to come to know him and talk with him often. I want to remind us that God is not fooled by what is happening in our world nor will his plan of redemption for his people and his world be foiled by evil. Got it? <laughs> Jesus told us, in this world you, were ex you will experience trouble, persecution, misunderstanding, and the like. But do not be afraid, for I have overcome the world. Do not be afraid, I have overcome it. The implication here is that if we are in him, if we're in Jesus, we too will be able to overcome the world we live in, but are not a part of. And it is only as we participate in prayer and pay close attention to the word of God and the prompting of his Holy Spirit that we can overcome the world of evil by doing good. Jesus wants us to believe as a part of our faith journey that goodness is stronger than evil. There are times when we have trouble believing that, isn't it? Aren't there? And we must understand his way is a better way than what we so often would like to do. Prayer, <clears throat> excuse me, this is uh, warm water with just a little bit of honey, just in case you're wondering. Ah, that, that's, that helps. Um, Prayer, my friends, is talking to God as you would a best friend. Prayer is meant to help enrich our relationship with our Abba in the heavens. And remember, Jesus said, call him what? Abba, Daddy. 
That's how tender God's love is for us. He wants us to address him as Abba. He loves to hear from us and is saddened when we fail to come to him and share our heart. As we journey in the months ahead, I believe that it is very, very important for us to learn how to share our hearts, not only with God, but with each other. Heartfelt prayers are always heard. They may or may not be answered in the way we want. And that causes us to ask more questions and even at times find ourselves being angry because it feels like God doesn't care. But Jesus proved how much God cares. And we can be sure of at least one thing concerning prayer. It will always change us. Ben Patterson, a chaplain at Westmont College in California, made this comment following six weeks of total bed rest due to an injury. Heavily medicated and lying flat on his back, he learned an important lesson about prayer. I was helpless and I was terrified. All I could do was pray for my church family and that I would get better. Over time, prayer that started because of boredom became sweet to him. At the close of his convalescence, he said to the Lord, you know, it's been wonderful these prolonged times we spent together. It's too bad I don't have time to do this when I'm well. And God spoke to him quickly. Ben, you have just as much time when you are well as when you're sick. It's the same 24 hours in either case. The trouble with you is that when you are well, you think you're in charge. When you're sick, you know you're not. Amen? <laughs> wow. So true, my friends, so true. And I know that we all have burning questions, and God invites us, he invites you and me to share our heart with him, our questions, our, our disappointments, whatever, whatever is within us, God wants us to share with him. I don't have all the answers, but I know the one who is the sovereign Lord of the universe. And he will give us an answer if we wait upon him and trust that his ways are good and right. And that's not always easy to do. Why does he heal some and not others? That's a burning question. One thing I do know, when someone knows Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, to be absent from the flesh is to be present with the Lord. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 1, 21 and 23 says, for me to live, for me to live is Christ and to die is better yet. If I am going on living in the body, this will mean faithful labor for me. 
Yeah, what shall I choose? I don't know. I am torn between the two. I desire, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Loved ones who have gone on to be with the Lord are experiencing, are experiencing his ultimate healing. There is no pain or agony or tears or sorrow for them. We who remain, however, will grieve the loss of loved ones and the Lord wants us to come to him with our grief. And may he give you peace and comfort as only he can, as only he can. Well, that was a long introduction, wasn't it? Now I'll get to the message. In John's Gospel, John chapter 3, So it's a long passage. I'm just, I'm just going to read it, and I just invite you to you know close your eyes or or whatever, but just sit back and listen, and let your mind get to get a picture, get a picture of what is going on between Nicodemus and Jesus. Now there was a man of the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees were really pretty religious and righteous people. And they thought they had all the answers. But Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council, this was a, this was a, a man who had influence and power. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know, we know, you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miracles, the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. What? How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he can't enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. No. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going, unless you have a lot of trees around. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You can't see it, but there will be evidence. How can this be, Nicodemus asks. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, 
but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up Uh, it's called turn the page. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so when the people were bitten, they could look upon it, and the action of their looking demonstrated their faith, and they would be healed. So the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes, everyone who looks up to him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And this is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Oh, how true that is. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Wow. What a passage. Today, how much time do we have? I got a little bit more time. Today is about four truths that will change your life if you will embrace them at the core level of who you are as a person. Down in here. They provide us with the potential for a faith life that is pleasing to God. I say potential because God does not force his ways upon us. He waits for our invitation and cooperation in giving him the freedom to make changes in us at the core. And when that happens, my friends, you will change. And that change has a way of working its way to the surface and being evident for others, evidenced for others to see and experience. They may even ask, what's happened to you? And then you have an opportunity to tell them what God is doing for you and for us through Jesus, his son, and that he longs to do the same thing for them 
I'm not going to have time today for all four. Uh, so chapter two will be next, next Sunday. But Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus could be considered as the gospel in a nutshell. It is critically important for us to understand what Jesus is telling him because if we miss the truth of the message, there is no hope. There are several noteworthy verses for us to consider. The first one is Jesus saying to Nicodemus, I don't know what Nicodemus was expecting to hear, but I can pretty well tell you he didn't expect to hear what he heard. You must be born again. You must be born again. Why? Why do we have to be born again? Someone has said, and, and he was quoting the Apostle Paul to a certain extent, but we start out in this life dead in our trespasses and sin. We are dead. We are not drowning in the ocean, waiting for somebody to throw us a line and save us. We are dead at the bottom of the ocean. And until Jesus reaches down and grabs a hold of us and brings us up and breathes new life into us through his spirit, we remain dead. You must be born again. Other translations say you must be born from above. You must be born from the spirit. It is a spiritual rebirth. What happened when Adam and Eve sinned? They died. A spiritual death. They were alienated from God. They hid. But who came looking for them? God did. And God is looking for you and me. Maybe he's found you already, praise God. But he's looking for lost people who need Jesus. And everybody needs Jesus because there is no other way. The second thing uh, that he heard was, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus' death on the cross makes life possible. We owe it all to Jesus. And the third thing is the plan of redemption is the Father's. The plan of redemption was God the Father's. And, you know, earlier in my ministry years, I would hear people, and I would even kind of agree with people that, you know, I can love Jesus. That's pretty easy. Uh, Holy Spirit, I, that's pretty nebulous, so I'm not sure about that. But the Father, my image of the Father was not that of a loving Abba, it was more of a stern, I don't know, a 
stern old man sitting up there on a big throne uh, looking for people who are having fun so he could put a stop to it. But that, my friends, is not God. It is his love for you and me that compelled the son to give his life so that we could have eternal life. Phew. We all know John 3.16, right? You've learned that. You learned that in Sunday school. It's a good verse to learn. You may even be familiar with verse 17. But we also need to hear verses 18 through 21. My friends, the world out there, the world and everyone in it stands as condemned by God. Only faith in Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior allows us to be made right with God as our heavenly Abba and become his sons and daughters in the kingdom. Without that faith, people remain in a state of death and condemnation. Why is it important for us to go to our neighbors? Why is it important for us to go out into the world? and do kind things and hope that it gives us an opportunity to say something to them. And, and help us, God, to realize that we are partners with him. We are partners with God. We do our part and we let him do his part. And wonderful things happen. And what I want you to grasp through this passage is the first great truth that can transform your life. And it is simply this. God has an outrageous love for you. And your life matters to him far more than you realize. You are loved. And unfortunately, the other side of the coin says that if you spurn that love, if you walk away from it, if you ignore it, there is no other option for you. You remain condemned. Phil Joel of the band Newsboys in his book Redwoods and Whales says the truth he, Jesus, spoke is that each person is seen and understood and loved deeply by God and it sets them free. They each felt like the only person in the room. That's God. That's his style. He comes to you. Jesus forgave people their mistakes, healed their hearts, bodies, minds, gave them hope and a vision for their lives. You read the New Testament and the Gospels time and time again, you will see Jesus change somebody's life. He's doing the same thing today, and he does it through you and me.
It's all about a relationship, my friends. It's not about being religious, coming to church, and doing, quote-unquote, the right things. It's having a relationship with God as your heavenly Father who loves and cares for you. Our relationship to him and his desire for a relationship with us as his sons and daughters is precious. It is so precious. We need to know we're loved, don't we? We get, we get enough of the other stuff out there in the world. We need to know that we are loved. I want you to know that you are loved by God. The real you. The real you is loved by God. That's another message, but he has an outrageous and tender love for each of us. That's what John 3.16 is about. You're loved by the God of the universe, and he wants you to know it at the deepest level of your being. You are loved. You are loved. And sometimes we say, why, Lord? I know me. I know how I fail. Guess what? He knows how you fail, too. He says, but I love you. The next three truth, truths flow from the first truth. And there'll be more about those the next Sunday, but here they are for your home study and for some thought, if you will. The first thing is God wants you to know that you are loved, okay? The second thing is God accepts you as you are. But as someone once said, but he loves you too much to leave you the way he found you. He does have change in mind for us. And when he changes us, it sets us free to be truly who we are. The next one is you are a forgiven person. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a forgiven person. Forgiveness is always available for those who know Jesus. In fact, he is making intercession for you and me even now before the Father, reminding him that he paid the price for our sin. We get to walk away free. 1 John 1, 9. Oh, you need to learn that one. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Gives us a clean slate. The last one, you are not alone in your faith walk with the Lord. And I'll have Steve and Hunter send out uh, some scriptures for you to look at in, res in regard to these truths. But again, my friends, these are truths from... God's word, that if we let them sink deep into us, it will change your life. Let us pray.
Oh, Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to trust in your goodness and grace and mercy. For you tell us your mercies are new every day. Your grace is sufficient for our every need. Lord, help us to come to you. Lord, too often we, well, sometimes the church has taught that before you can come before God, you need to clean up your life. That's not gospel, my friends. That's a lie of the devil. You don't need to clean up anything. In fact, you can't clean it up. Only he can clean it up. And he asked that we would only come. He says, oh, come to me, those of you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and I am tender of heart. Father, help us to believe these things. Encourage us this week as we live our lives and as Dallas Willard once wrote, Lord, let me live my life as you would live it if you were me. Grab a hold of that one too, people. It's, it's, it's worth hanging on to. Lord, help me live my life as you would live it if you were me. Send us forth into a world, Lord, where the fields are white unto harvest. And Jesus told his disciples, pray, pray, for the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. Lord, send us out, not in our own strength, but in the strength and grace which you give us through your spirit who is at work and who is present within us. Let us follow his prompting and say the words that he gives us as we need them. Those are all promises from scripture, my friends. Don't make it more complicated than necessary. Let the love of Christ be in you and flow through you to others. Would you stand with, with me <clears throat> for a benediction? Go back to the Old Testament. Oh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So Father, dismiss us with your peace and your blessing. If you need to come and have prayer, doesn't matter what it's for, or you can come and just pray by yourself. If you want somebody to pray with you, we're welcome. We welcome you to come and there will be someone here to pray with you. May you have a good week. Amen.